Yes, welcome to The Point. I'm Jared Coote. Now, this week we're speaking to the owner of Batch Brewery in Marrickville in Sydney, Australia, Andrew. Now, I ask him what exactly is a craft beer. Can we even define that? It's pretty hard these days. We find out why do we pay more for these beers and if they're made any differently from traditional beers. Now, I think you're going to be pretty surprised with the answer. I know I was. We find out why beers are so expensive in Australia. I'm sick of paying top dollar. And if he likes a certain kind of hip crowd uh, drinking his beers. And most importantly, I guess, we're giving him a blind taste test with some different beers, including his own. Let's do it. Andrew, thanks for coming in, mate. Uh, thanks for having me. An Inner West Brewery in the Inner West recording the first podcast, so thanks for coming along. No problem. Let's get straight. Well, actually, we were talking a bit about this before uh, we started. We're talking about ghosts. So you've scared me a bit before we get into this. I'm a little bit nervous about the ghosts before I worry about the questions. Yeah, no, I've got a, a nervous feeling in the pit he's, of my stomach. He's got a problem with uh, with ghosts, and we think this part where we're recording is, is haunted. So we'll find out if something shakes or something doesn't work. It's not our <laughs> fault. It's the ghosts. All right, the first question. Mm-hmm. We're not going to give you a break. Tell us why someone should pay a little bit more, two, three more dollars. Why are we paying more for a craft beer than, say, a Carlton? Um, that's well. There's there are a lot of different reasons for that. Mm. I think the <clears throat> the main one is comes down to a, a production scale. To be perfectly honest, yeah. um, we we produce beers uh, at a much uh, lower quantity than say uh, Tui's does yeah. uh, so we don't have the same buying power um, we're buying kind of like a pallet of mold at a time where they would buy um, literally um, hectares at a time hmm. um, so it's like 25 kilos versus just you know like 200 ton yeah and presumably you're buying better stuff as well well those are the same stuff no that's that's, that's actually interesting um, uh, I can I can get into that if you want there it turns Give out it's a simple version yeah I'll try and uh, scale it down so basically we, we are starting to buy better stuff, yeah. uh, but for the past two years, we've been using pretty much the same grains that all the big breweries are using. Right. The reason why is because a lot of people don't know this, but there's two major grain corporations in Australia, and don't ask me their names, so I can't remember. Yeah. The other one's like Grain Core and one's something else, and uh, just like the beer industry is. So we effectively have been using the same grains that everybody else has, obviously not paying the same rate that the other guys are paying, yeah. but in the past few months, we've realized that... Um, uh, not realized, but a few um, uh, craft maltsters have started to pop up. One in Griffith uh, called Voyager Malts, and there's another one in uh, New Zealand called Gladfield. Uh, so we're actually using, we're starting to use and shift over, paying a little bit more because we think yeah. it's more important. Shift over using. So the beer's going to cost even more now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're absor- we're yeah. absorbing everything, yeah. so we we're happy to pay more yeah. uh, for our product if we think it's um, if we think it's going to increase the quality of the product. Uh, we don't necessarily raise the price. Uh, if something's significantly more, then we, we have to look at it. But realistically, um, we're just uh, we're not we don't look at the bottom line at every single thing we do. We're just trying to make great quality yeah. products as long as we can make a living. That's that's the main thing. But basically, yeah, it's we're, we just don't get the same buying powers as the big breweries yeah. do, and we're starting to pay a little bit more for uh, other products in order to to um, to give you guys better beers. Okay, well, tell, tell me about just the price of beer in Australia in general. So, you know, when people like go overseas, I'll come back from Bali or America, yeah. and you'll come back from Europe even, and you'll say, first thing you ask someone is, oh, how was it? Like, oh, the beer was, was so, so cheap. cheap, the beer was so cheap. And you think, 
Yeah, you know, it was. People are talking about saying, I've had a dollar for a long neck on the street, had a great yeah. time. We come here even for a, a Carlton, a VB, we're paying top dollar. You know, why is that? Uh, it's excise and yeah. taxes. Um, or it's all about taxes, to be honest. Yeah. It's, um, we are uh, heavily taxed down yeah. here. So it's one of those things that's, um, you know, I've gotten used to. Like when my parents come down and visit me from the yeah. States, they're like, geez, like, man, this is expensive. And like, I can't believe you're charging this much yeah, for they, your beer. They get through duty free and they think, that's duty free. Yeah, yeah. What's full price? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's all about excise. So we pay uh, like uh, I don't. I, my business partner is the accountant. So he keeps track of everything. But yeah. I mean, we're uh, of, of the cost. But we pay an exorbitant amount in mm. excise. Um, and that's and that's the simple reason yeah. why our beers are more expensive. Plus, it's an expensive country to operate in. Um, your employees uh, are paid at a higher yeah. rate uh, per hour. Um, that just flows on to the cost of other products. So I'm sure down here we're also paying a lot more for our grain and our hops than the U.S., for yeah, example, okay. is. Where we might pay, um, uh, I think it's, like, let's say, for example, $30 a kilo for um, Cascade hops or something like yeah. that. America's probably paying, you know, a fraction of that price. Wow. Um, just because it's just, the whole economy is just built slightly yeah. differently. Well, let's say, how much is a scooter, say, a standard schooner or batch? So if we're going to pay, come down to the brewery down uh, in Marrickville? Well, so we charge you, we don't serve in schooners, we serve in um, smaller sizes, yep. more sample sized yep. uh, format, but uh, we, we charge $5. Um, at most pubs when you get a schooner, uh, it's between seven fifty and eight fifty. Yeah, right. And, that, uh, and that's reasonable these days. Yeah, and without going into like the exact economics of how much you make and all that, like how much percentage are we talking about is this tax from the government? Um, well... At the re, it's hard to say when you're at the retail yeah. price. Yeah, okay. What what I charge, what so when I sell wholesale, yeah, um, just tax from the government. That's a great question. I don't know what that is. It'd be like thirty plus percent. Wow. Yeah, and then so of 30, course you have uh, production costs yeah. and the um, raw materials costs and all that kind of stuff as well. So we're going and buying an eight dollar scooter, and you know, thirty percent of that's going straight to the government. Yeah, exactly. Wow, and we yeah. want it all to be going to you so you can make more beer. Exactly. That that's an that's an interesting topic as well yeah. because we are we've started to work with the CBIA, which is a craft yeah. craft brewing industry association, yeah. um, to try and lobby government to reduce excise yeah. as well. So that's quite an interesting kind of thing that what what could eventuate because mm. effectively, like say for example in the U.S. Um, craft breweries, uh, the your excise is is on a sliding scale. Yeah. And um, so you, you're paying at, at the lowest tax rate up until you produce like something like 7 million liters, yeah. which is in Australia, that's huge. Um, and I'm not saying it needs to be the exact same scale, but they pay a different tax rate than what the big play, players pay because yeah. they get the economies of scale. So we're trying to lobby, um, or at the beginning of the process, to try to lobby to actually have some tax break. Tax breaks for us, not only, to, it's basically to do two things. One mm -hmm. is, so you can uh, reduce the price and pass that on to the customers and make it craft beer more accessible. But also you can um, reinvest that money to hire more people and yeah. actually grow our um, employment base and um, you know get better uh, better equipment in your brewery so you can get better quality and stuff yeah. like that. So it's one of those things that we, we, we're really keen to see happen. Yeah. So really in the short term, there's nothing you can do to make beer cheaper at all. It's, no. It's, it's never going down, is yeah. it? It's only ever gonna cost more. Yeah, exactly. Okay, but you think it should be cheaper. I'd like to see it cheaper, yeah. 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 Especially being in America. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I think if it's more accessible, it just means our industry can grow 
uh, even more. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I get scared thinking about, like, what the cost of beer is. Mm. I'm 36 now, and, like, and it's gone up significantly since I moved here yeah. 12 years ago or 13 years ago, however long I moved here. Um, like, you know, when I'm 50, how much is a case of beer going to cost? Yeah, and with the Aussie dollar? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the thing. Yeah. Um, now, tell me. With the craft beer, what, what do you think a craft beer exactly is? So how do we define, how, does, how can someone say to us, this is my craft beer and this is my traditional beer? Um, that's another great question. I, that's, that is, that's a question that not even, when I used to work for Lion mm. uh, in marketing, um, on Bogues and Forex and that mm. sort of thing, uh, we couldn't even answer the question. Yeah. And we paid a, a, we, a lot of money uh, for people to research this. Yeah. And, and I sat in research groups. Um, and we never actually cracked that question. I think what it boils down, and I read a, an article this morning in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, that kind of touched on that subject and that still couldn't, couldn't answer it. So um, there is no clear defined answer of what craft is, but the way I like to look at it and my business partner and I like to look at it is who's independent. Yeah. So craft beer is people like us, we're independently yeah. owned. Uh, it's people like Willie the Boatman who are independently owned, yeah. Young Henry's. Um, you know, Mountain Goat up until this week, who are now so owned they by sold a, it to Asahi. To Asahi. Yeah. So now, you know, that's, you know, calling them craft beer is, uh, it's not independently owned. So that it, the, the area, the lines start getting right. blurred. So it's not so much the product. It's essentially if you're just starting in your small, you're a craft beer. And if you're big and you've been established, you're a traditional beer that can't be labeled as a craft beer. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, but it's not. It's so there's not, no special it's not technique that makes that. you. Yeah, it's not. I don't think so. I think, I think if you're if you're focused on, I mean, this this is this is. I'm not saying what, yeah. what it is. I think if you're focused on, it's there's the independent aspect. Yeah. Then there's the aspect of. Uh, just focusing on quality over quantity, mm. and that's an argument you could play. You mm. could that plays into it. Because you could still have an independent brewer that's just focusing on p- punching out heaps of quantity, yeah. but they're actually not focused on quality. Would I say that they're craft? And you're kind of like, ooh, yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, it's um, it's a really gray area that no one, no one's actually yeah. pinpointed. But I think there's probably because it doesn't have a definition. You know, no, it doesn't. Someone's just made it up. It doesn't. Why does it it's even craft. need a definition? Yeah, it's craft because what? It's got lots of hops in it or something yeah. like that, and that doesn't make a craft beer. Yeah. I I think. I guess maybe if I can try to sum it, it's yeah, it's the it's the mix of independence versus quality over quantity versus really um, and to take that quality piece is really uh, you know having a love for uh, your craft and what and yeah. what you're doing. I mean, so in some aspects, I mean, I know James Squire Brewers; they're owned by Lion, yeah. and those brewers are really passionate about what they yeah. do. They put out some like Mad Brewers series and some are really great beers. Yeah. And yes, they're owned by a multinational company, but would you consider it craft like? I mean, mm. if it's the, the, the brewers, it, it, it's kind of one of those things where the brewers came up with the beer instead of just like this big marketing department or sales department, I think. I think there's a lot of different yeah, facets okay. to it. So we could probably talk could about go on that. Effort, yeah, for What's ages, the definition yeah. of anything? Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> um, what about craft beers and the introduction? I guess you could, you can't really define this either, but the whole hipster scene. So, you know, people now say, oh, craft beer, a hipster wants to drink this beer. What's a hipster? No one knows the answer to that. But yeah. is that... And you watch shows now. I've seen shows like on SBS and yeah, a whole thing, a six-part series about being a hipster. And I, I think it's all crap. But there is a certain... Do you think there's a certain type of person that goes into it, like like your brewery down in Marrickville, and they'll say, okay, well, yeah, I'm just having a batch because the batches are cool now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 
I think there are some people that yeah. do that. Um, and they pay, yeah. so they're welcome. Pay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. We, it's interesting. I think the crowd that we get in, at the brewery are, uh, largely are just are um, kind of uh, they're not hipsters. Yeah, they're people who want something better. Yeah, uh, they're like me. They've got a family. Um, yeah, you know, they're just kind of they're doing their thing. Um, yeah. So there's no real style attached yeah. to it. The hipster, the hipster thing's funny because I've seen that show yeah. too. And the thing that when you asked me the question, the thing that stuck out in my mind. Sorry, I just. Just rubbing the microphone. Thank you. Hear that? Um, yeah, don't blame us. <laughs> the thing that stuck out in my mind was in the opening segment, they're like, artisanal. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think all those people, I think hipsters want something that's um, that's more local and more uh, thought through. And I think that's yeah. what it is. But to be honest, um, I think everybody wants that. Just some people yeah. are more uh, flamboyant, for lack of a better term, yeah. in, in their, their approach to it. Whereas I think all of us are probably sitting here um, people in this area sitting here just saying, you know what, like, I might not be wearing my scarf or my cool <laughs> hat or whatever. Or whatever it is. our parents define a hipster as, yeah, because yeah, exactly. they saw it on the news. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, hey man, I just want something that's a bit better. Yeah. Uh, there is a different, um, not a different. There is there is a movement largely that's happening. Yeah. Um, and this, I think, the hipster culture plays into this yeah but um, this again this is like research that I, I had going into the business of basically um, we're kind of we move in like these these waves of bohemianism and standardization yeah so you know like 10 years ago uh, everybody just wanted um, if you can think back to 10 years ago everybody just wanted to his new Carlton draft uh, international yeah. beer like Peroni or whatever it is yeah, I just want back, I just, back when a Corona was fancy yeah Corona I just want a beer that's like maybe it's stylish, but it's just it's the same day to day. That's the reason why yeah. McDonald's like is popular and KFC and all that stuff. We're we're moving we move in cycles, right? So we're moving out of that and moving into this thing called bohemians, bohemianism. Yep. And it's because people want to be more attached to um, something local. Yeah. So I think everyone kind of realizes I'm living in this global environment. Hey, that's cool. I think we'll always be there. We'll always use iPhones from now yeah. on. Um, stuff that's global, but. People want to have connections back to their community, yeah. and I think that this trend, um, like um, uh, Ma- My Kitchen Rules or whatever it was, Master Chef or what, yeah, what yeah, some yeah. of those shows, started that off in kind of local vore type people, kind of thinking, oh wow, I actually want to think about where I'm getting my consumables from. Yeah, and um, beer and food have played into that massively. Yeah, you're right. It has gone across into food as well the whole yeah even not just organic but the whole whole food movement as well people are thinking more about what they're putting into their bodies and and beer is one of those things i mean if you think about it like um and and the great thing about beer is beer is always beer is always kind of this philosophy of you know uh having a local brewery and drinking the beer fresh i mean a hundred years ago um you know there was like i don't know don't quote me on this but there's like several hundred breweries in australia um i won't quote you but the camera will yeah (laughs) Um, you know, and there was local breweries everywhere in Sydney. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're dotted everywhere. And, and they did that because, you know, it was, it was basically like you weren't supposed to, if you couldn't see your, your, your local brewery, you didn't want to drink there. You'd say yeah. everyone had their own local brewery. They brewed the beer for that local community. Um, then the stand, ways of standardization came in and they all got sucked up into bigger breweries. Yeah. And then we, that's where we find ourselves, you know, up until a few years ago. And all of a sudden all the beer... Uh, is being brewed. Most of the beer in the country is being brewed at only like two or three breweries nationwide. Yeah. Um, and now all of a sudden everyone's kind of looking back at that and saying, well, you know what, I actually want to have a local brewery that I can connect to and 
yeah. that sort of thing. So that's kind of where we've come out of that. Yeah. Well, and I think the hipster, I mean, people are, and then people, the way people dress and express themselves kind of comes out of that yeah. as well. Yeah. Do you think at all it might limit who you can sell, sell beer to? Because people might say, oh, Batch Vienna, local, crafty kind of beer, it's full of hipsters, for lack of a better word. We're just going to go and get our VBs. We don't want to be in that scene. Yeah, uh, t- yeah I think some people will be. Mm. But you know, they're all, they're all, from a marketing perspective, those kind of people like set trends uh, and then people start to follow mm. that. Um, th- there's a lot of people. I think craft, craft is, is, it, it globally has, has gone up and down over the past like, yeah. couple, like, couple of decades. America's already had a few booms of it yeah. and it's um, you know, pulled back. But right now it seems like it's here to stay because uh, people are drinking less. And that cold quality yeah. of the quality thing, people are drinking less. In, in Australia, we're drinking less than we have since like 1970 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but, but your beers and craft beers are going but our out. Our beers are going out. Yeah. And that's because they're like they're just they're enjoying what they're drinking and they're drinking less of it. Are you saying Australians are becoming more refined? What's happened? Slowly and surely, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, just in light of all that, and I don't want to harp on it too much longer, but so it's, you don't, it's not to say that you want a certain type of person or an image for your bar. You just want, down where you sell the stuff, you just want people enjoying good quality beer. You're not concerned about who drinks the stuff. No, 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 I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, it's like as long as everybody has um, a good time. It's funny. We have like this um, kind of like self-correcting uh, vibe in there. Mm-hmm. Like if any dickheads show up, it's basically like they get, they kind of realize that they're not in the right space. And they yeah. leave. We've, Why, we've, what do we call a dickhead? I don't know, people just being loud and, you know, uh, boisterous and yeah. just, and rude. I don't know. Yeah. Like, we, we've got a, a, like, I mean, it's a tasting room at the end of the day, so it's not yeah. a bar. Yeah. But. Is that a, is that a thing you have to technically call it? So you can, is that a licensed thing? You're uh, calling it a tasting yeah, yeah, room? Yeah, it would be, it's we, yeah, it is a licensed thing. We keep calling it a bar, <laughs> the, the licensing of police yeah, will be yeah, down yeah, there yeah. in half an hour. Yeah. But like, but it basically like, we, we've set it up, you are. I mean, that is like one of those things. It's kind of like people are like, man, it is a bar. I'm like, yes, but we yes, only but, sell. But just produce. don't tell that guy or woman out the front. You know, this yeah. is, they're probably out the front of your place for another reason. But if yeah. anyone's been there, they'll figure out why. <laughs> we only sell what we produce, and then I think people when they go there, it's they're going to get an experience mm. of good quality beer. And there's dogs, and there's kids, mm. and there's families, and there's just and there's people of all walks of life. There's hipsters. There's people in their 60, their 60 70. Mm. There's people in wheelchair. I mean, it's like. We've got yeah. running groups coming in, so it's like right. everyone's kind of welcome, and we don't discriminate. Like we don't, as long as you're coming in to have a good quality beer experience, yeah. like that's all we care about. Yeah. So people coming in to kind of take the piss or get pissed rather yeah, are, um, so are not welcome. So you're not, yeah, it's not like if they're there for a night long haul and they're there till from open till shut, and they're at a bucks party and they're just blind running yeah, around. That's, like, that's not the not, vibe you're after. Not, yeah, like yeah. that's goes so, like that. You don't come here to do that. Yeah. Running groups are funny, how you mentioned that, cycling. You always find it amusing, like, and it's good. It's good to have a balance, I guess, but if I've just gone for a run or a cycle, the last thing I want to do is have a beer. I want to pretend that I'm healthy for at least half an hour. No, they go, they do, this happens all the time. They're like, they go from brewery to brewery. So they yeah. run, have uh, a beer, well, so and then a, run again. So it's like a... Which I can't think of anything worse. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> yeah. a pub crawl or a tasting room crawl Yeah. on foot. Yeah. Wow. But after, when it's I'm a, running, like... I agree with you. I want to re- I want to drink, have a glass of water you know, or whatever, yeah, and then I'll have a beer. Have a Gatorade. Sit down and think. Yeah. Yeah, man, I've killed that today. I'll deserve this beer in an hour and pretend yeah. that it doesn't do anything to my body <laughs> an hour like, later. Beer. All right, let's go run yeah. again. So I yeah, but they, there's they they do it all the time. Mm. All right. 
Let's talk about you a little bit now. We've talked about the whole craft piece. I'll get back to it a bit later on. I want to see, get your thoughts on the future of the industry, where it's headed. But your story, introduced it a bit at the start. How did it all begin for you? So we've mentioned how you came over from America. You worked for one of the bigger companies. Yeah. What made you say, all right, I'm going to take a leap of faith and start my own brewery? Um, how do you even start that? Like, well, it's yeah. scary looking. You see that you just walk into your place and there's like machines everywhere. Like, where do you begin? So when you get... I'm one of those, when I get, when I get something stuck in my head, yeah. um, and every once in a while in my life it's happened a few times, um, and I want something to happen, I make it happen. Yeah. So like, um, my, I've always been passionate about beer, I've always worked in the beer industry. My brother used mm. to run a brewery in Baltimore, oh, cool. and I used to work in there from time to time, like um, after I graduated from university and that sort of thing. And, and I, I literally, uh, I was, I'd be cleaning kegs and doing tastings yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, I never had so much fun. And yeah. like I, I, it was like, you couldn't get me out of bed before midday, you know, as a 22 year old, like, which is pretty normal. Yeah. But um, man, when I was working at the brewery, and I, I lived in Washington DC at the time, and had to drive up to Baltimore. Yeah. Um, I'd get up at 5 a.m., drive up there, and just go and do this, the most monotonous job you yeah. could possibly think of. And I literally loved it, because I knew what I was wow. doing had an end goal um, of yeah. people enjoying this beer, you know, and cleaning kegs, to be honest, is you, you have to have a, a clean product, a clean vessel for the beer to travel in. Yeah. And that's like one of the most crucial things. Yeah. So um, here I am. So I did that. I loved it. I ended up moving down to Australia. I did, um, I was in marketing for sales yeah. and then marketing for a long time. And I had a great time doing what I was doing. I had yeah. a great experience, learned a lot of like structural things to yeah. help me, uh, take into starting yeah, a small business. The yeah, like How do I get strategy. Drink, even if yeah. you've got the best beer in the world, people won't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Strategy and all that kind of stuff and you know, being organized enough to be able to start a business. Um, but it, and that was great, but I kind of got sick of sitting behind a desk and making stuff up. I really wanted to be connected to what was real. Yeah. So I wanted to sit there and say like, I actually am here in the brewery yeah. making the beer and I'm also selling the beer at the same time. Yeah. So I can sit there and be like, yes, this is my product. Yeah. Um, this is my brand. And uh, so I kind of was like, I kind of got that like back of the head, like kind of like niggle, kind of itch thinking yeah. about it. And all of a sudden I was at Mountain Goat uh, one night and I was down in Melbourne for work and I was in there on a Friday night and I was just like, I had this epiphany. I was like, this is what I need to be doing. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is, this is what, what am I, I in an office? Yeah, this is what I need. And that's when it started. Yeah. And so it, it, it took, took over yeah. basically. And, um, and I just talked my wife, I don't think it didn't really take me seriously. We were like, we'd be out like we're having, you know, I young the, kids. The brewery or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, she doesn't yeah. take me seriously. We would be out and I'd be like, oh uh, yeah, I think we can make, I think I can do this. Like I've just kind of run some numbers and what if we did this just kind of bouncing ideas. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds all right. And then all of a wow. sudden, my business partner and I, I play lacrosse, which is a very American sport. Yes. You've got a brewery, um, you're playing lacrosse, you're pretty yeah. much a character from American Pie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, um, uh, one day I was chatting with a friend of mine about starting a brewery. Who mm. owns a, he used to own a restaurant in Neutral Bay. And he, um, and I was kind of like, yeah, I think I can do it. I've like run the numbers, I'm pretty yeah. sure I can start like a really small, very, very small brewery. Like, yeah. Kind of brew pub style thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden Taste I'm like... Taste yeah, taste hands. <laughs> all of a sudden, my uh, my business partner Chris comes over. He's like, "Are you talking about starting a brewery?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "I'm literally ready to quit my job now." So you didn't? You knew this? No, no. I known him Chris? for I known him for a few years, but yeah. like we were more like basically acquaintances. Yeah. 
And um, I was like, oh, really? Because like, I'd gotten to the stage now, and I was like, I can't, I want to take it further, but I need someone who can brew beer. Like, I know my way around a brewery, but I actually don't know how to, to brew yeah. beer. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this dude who works in banking, who's great at accounting, and yeah. all the stuff, I'm like, it's, I'm not good at it. Yeah. skills you didn't have. But. It's like, it's kind of like the other half kind of yeah. came in, and he was like, yeah, man, I can brew. So like, we went to the Hearts Pub the next day at a chat, and um, literally, we were so aligned on so many things. We both had kind of developed this idea in our head yeah. uh, separately and came together and were like, yeah, okay, this is cool. So we just kept talking and then we ordered a, a professional pilot brewery that we yeah. brewed in my backyard for a little while. We were like, okay, well, let's make sure we can brew good beer together. We realized pretty quickly that we could. Yeah. We only threw out our first batch. After that, everything was um, drinkable. Is that where the name came from? Um, well, the, yeah, the name the name came from because we like, we both decided we really just wanted to drink uh, brew batch by batch. Yeah, we don't okay. want to brew to a label. Right, we want okay. to change things as much as we can, and stay inspired. And mm. just um, and that's the reason why we call it batch. Yeah, but yeah, we we basically realized we could brew good beer, and we just kept on going. And then here, yeah, here we yeah, are, yeah, two years are. later. Well, so two how long, years after how long we started? How long after you made that first batch in the backyard, till you produced a beer that you sold to a pub? What was the timeline? Uh, from the, uh, that's a good question. That would have been not quite a year and a half. Okay, a year and a half. So that was, you kept your other job and you were planning this? I kept my other job too until I couldn't keep it anymore. Until uh, you were at work? To, I needed to pull the pin. Doing some numbers with the yeast? And yeah, <laughs> I needed to pull the pin. Like, it was a conflict of interest. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, we were, it was investigating up to a certain stage and then once it became real, I needed to make sure yeah. I distanced myself. Um, plus, my son had just been born, so I said I'll look after the yeah. after him wow. when my wife went back to yeah. work. And so I yeah I looked after the kids and set up a brewery basically. Wow, <laughs> good a good environment for the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a nice wife you have, you know. Just new newborn kids, and then I'm gonna quit and start a brewery. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it makes everybody a little bit nervous when you, when you do that but I was it, I was I was driven and I, I, I had to make it happen she realized that I think she knew um, that it was like there's no stopping yeah. it like he's he's gonna do it and and I, I had to prove to her several times anyway that it was it. robust yeah you, you meant kinda, it yeah and it was financially viable yeah she kind of forced me to, to like like take take a step back and make sure that yeah. You know, it's kind of Get like, all right. Great excitement in, use your brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And luckily my business partner is pretty, pretty smart dude as well. Yeah. So um, it was kind of like between between the two of us, um, we were always kind of like ch- like watching our back effectively. Being like, what have we forgotten? Like, yeah. what is it that we haven't done? Um, and it's kind of a negative way to think about things, but yeah. I think you kind of have to do it if you You've really want to. You've got to fill in the yeah. gaps. Yeah. Like, it's better to think of them at the start than at the end when you're yeah. too far gone. Um, so it was a year and a half. You'd sold your first beer. Did you have the your area down in Marrickville by then? Is that where you were producing it? Or where oh yeah, you? that's where the business started. So, so we were we were brewing in my backyard until we got that site and the brewery set yeah. up uh, there. Yeah. So yeah, we've we chose Marrickville. It was always going to be there. Yeah. Um, we kind of like played around some other areas, but there's uh, that industrial area is just yeah. so easy to get to from for everyone. Like all the residential yeah. areas around it. And it's just a great place to set up a business um, where the council was really supportive of us going in there as opposed to setting up in a neighborhood. Um, and it's, there's something special just happening. This area, it's like living here and then uh, going down into Maryville, there's just something special happening here. Um, and I knew it. And kind of like being at Mountain Goat, it, had, it was almost a similar vibe. It was yeah. this industrial area. It's just outside the city. 
Um, and that's kind of what made me realize, it's like if this can work here, then we can, we can make it work in Merrickville. And it has so far. Um, and there's, you know, we've got Young Henry's that already opened up. Yep. Um, and I was talking with them the whole time, kind of saying, look, I'm looking at starting a brewery around the corner. They're always really supportive of it. Right, which is maybe a little surprising. Or is it a very like a supportive industry? No, we have to. We're all supportive. We have yeah. to work together. I mean, we all have their differences. There's some rivalry to a certain yeah. extent, but we um, we we have to work together. Yeah. Um, if we don't work together, then we're working yeah. against each other. You're all working together against the big brewers. Yeah, I mean, we have we have to combine. I mean, we you know if we don't help each other out, then the big breweries uh, they've got all their tap contracts and all this other yeah. kind of stuff that you know none of us have. Um, so we got to make sure we can. We help each other out, but since we opened up, so Young Henry's in Newtown. Since we opened up in Merrickville, we've had there's been three other breweries open up. Wow, in just Merrickville, <coughs> yeah, in inner west. No, in Merrickville. I guess in the inner west, you couldn't, you wouldn't know there could be some in their backyard. Just how you started out, and there, yeah, there are. And there was, in fact, last week I found out that very thing had happened. The guy basically turned his house into. I haven't been there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know him, uh, but he, uh, from what I know of him, he's turned his house basically into a, a legal brewery. A, a legal literally right around yeah. the corner. No, legal, not yeah. illegal. So, yeah. um, literally around the corner from our brewery. Yeah, but we've got the grifter around the corner from us, and Lee the boatman. Yeah. Um, and we've been they've they've we've spoken to them uh, since before they opened up, and we've been hugely supportive of them coming into the yeah. area. So it's not like a, you hear about this house brewery, you know, like. The emotions not bring it on like we got your cup no. with our beer it's like yeah join join the community we're all here about the good stuff yeah we're all here to, to brew good, good beer stuff. and it's, i think for me it's like it's kind of we all already like those guys were contracting yeah. other places so their brands are already in the marketplace yeah okay so they've all they've done is just set up a brewery but they have set up tasting rooms um which to be honest you look at it and say oh well my retail sales are going to go down but I was kind of like, well, no, they're not realistically. We're gonna more people are gonna come into the area. Yeah, um, it's a positive thing for us. Um, so you know, and and, and to that point, uh, we've started uh, at the LZL Trail. So we started yeah. a, a little map company. All right. That uh, we're not trying to profit off of, but we're basically trying to communicate to first rounds communicating to tourists, and then eventually we're gonna communicate uh, once we get more money. Uh, communicate to Sydney Siders. And this is something you've just started or something? Something I've started, uh, Chris and I have started yeah. with uh, Dave's Brewing Company. Uh, I'm sorry, D Dave's Brewery Tours yeah. um, called Aussie Ale Trail. So basically it's just a map of the breweries in this area, in the inner west. In the west. Okay. So people, you, you go somewhere, you can see a map and so you know you know where to go. Okay. Um, um, basically just trying to get more people into the area so they yeah. realize we're here. Well tell me about your beer and, and what makes your beers so good? Um, what, so what makes our beers good is, well, so we have two main beers. One's an American Pale. That's the first beer we started brewing yeah. at, at my uh, house. And it's basically the, it was the, up until a couple months ago, it was the only beer we always produced. Yeah. Um, and we are really proud of that beer because it's basically um, our Chris and I's go-to beer. Yeah. And that's the reason why we decided to go with the American Pale Ale. And now we also have a West Coast IPA because the demand for it from people saying, can you guys please, we love this West Coast IPA you did last year, and we also love this Mosaic IPA that you did last year. Yeah. Can you please do one of those again? So we basically combine those two together. Okay. And so we've put that out um, as a full range beer. So that's, we have those two main beers, and then, which we're both immensely proud of, and we're always basically trying to make little tweaks to make the recipes just that much better. Um, just little teeny things. It's like, okay. it's, it's the, the two beers that we really heavily focus on. 
Um, everything after that's a limited release. So, yeah. um, and it's to be honest, it's like it's based on uh, selfishness for the most part. Like what the stuff that you like. Or? Yeah, like it's what we want to drink. When when you first had the idea, you just had the one beer in mind that you wanted to make. No, no, it was always um, let's do one beer and, and then see let's how just goes. and then let's no, but let's do the one beer that people can always say, oh, that's. If I want to touch home base with batch, I'll go to my American Paleo. Yeah. I'll go to the American Paleo. But we, the plan was always to just brew different beers yeah. all the time. And for a and short that's, period. Yeah, and that's the reason why it's batch. Okay. So people are like, oh, do you have seasonal releases? I'm kind of like, yeah, I guess. Some of, some of them do, are you seasonal. You don't like the term. Well, no, it's not that. It's like some, we, ha, we do have seasonal releases, but I don't have like a set format. So it's like... Yeah. It's uh, like autumn, I'll have, yeah, I'll have it, these spirits. Yeah, so like we have... Uh, in winter, we had a coconut brown ale. Yeah. And so that that kind of was a seasonal release because we're like, it was one of my favorite beers. I was like, let's keep this beer around for the winter, so we'll have it for a couple months. Yeah. Um. So so technically that's a seasonal release. But then we've got these other beers that we just do a one off of. We did a um, sour beer with oh, yeah. um, ginger, lime, and honey. So it's basically See? like it's a it's a ginger beer for beer nerds. Okay. So people who don't drink beer, they like ginger beer. You can drink this beer, but it's actually a really beer nerdy style beer. Yeah. Because it's a, a, a really so complex process. Bad. Yeah. So we did that, and that was a one off. And then, but I just uh, sent Chris a text yesterday. I was like, oh, I think we need to brew that beer again. So we just bring we we'll brew beers. If we like them, they go quickly. Sometimes yeah. we'll bring them back. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're just not bothered. So you're just doing it off a vibe, really. What you're feeling. There's no yeah formula to it. It's just Hey, today I want that beer back. I'll send a text to my business partner in three months. It'll be on the shelf. Exactly. Yeah, right. Sometimes it's two weeks. We're like we got to yeah. do this beer now. So we need to do it. So if you wanted to make it, you could within two. What's what's the earliest you could do it? So if you say I want to make this, oh. this coconut beer again, could it be done in a week? Uh, our turnaround time is two weeks. So anything's like yeah, like I could go in um, w- w- for the first time. We've actually scheduled out our what we're going to brew for six weeks in advance. That's like unheard of. Usually it's. We plan two weeks out. Okay. And that's the other reason why we cost more because we buy inefficiently because we don't know what we're going to brew. Yeah. Because people like the fact that they can get variety from us. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's a, yeah, there, it costs us more, but people like that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like if we started, we focused in on just only brewing a couple of beers, yeah, we might be able to bring the price down, but people might be like, eh. Yeah. Like, but you guys always did different beers. You know what yeah. I mean? So we're kind of like, it's, that's just, that's the market we're in. But um, but yeah, we used to, we you know, typically only, Planned two weeks out, so we're like, right, we're gonna brew in the next two weeks. I'm kind of like, we just, you know, we just get our heads together. Oh, let's brew this beer again, or let's, let's do. Um, I'm trying to think of what the new. Oh, we um, we had some spare tank time, so we've just done a Christmas beer. We've aged uh, a fresh American oak on it for two months. Spare tank time. What's that mean? Oh, uh, so we had a, a fermenter that we could allocate. Um, we could keep the beer in for okay. two months. All right. These beers, like the coconut beer you mentioned. There's got to be a, a, only a certain type of person that could enjoy those, I'd imagine. Well, because, uh, crap, you know, if you're if you're feeling like a beer or you've done a run or anything, yeah. not many people are going to say I want to. I want this coconut Did ginger you? type beer, surely. Uh, but I think it's a back to the the kind of the questions you asked before. I think that's changing. People are yeah. People are getting into that type of thing now. They're getting into um, the variety. They like the variety, so they want. They, and they actually want something different. Le- less so now are we in a position where someone someone goes back and says, I just want to have my twoies new, or yeah. I just want to have my Carlton draft. 
once you kind of they're moving over into into craft beer, and once they move move over into craft beer, they're pushing the ledger. <coughs> they're almost. It's like it's almost like yeah. They, they they're they've moved into it, and I'm trying to think of the. I can't think of uh, the right kind of like phrase, but once they kind of like get into it, all of a sudden they want, they, they were drinking the same beer every yeah. day, and now all of a sudden they've tried something new, and now all of a sudden they want something different so, all yeah. day. They've gone from one extreme to the other. So they want to try something a little different, and then a little more, and, yeah. they, and, and before they know it, they've gone from drinking a VB to a, a coconut water and a beer with ginger beer in it. Yeah, exactly. Right. But the fact of the matter is, is that uh, the, the coconut beer is one of those beers where people are a little skeptical at first, but once mm. they try it, they realize it's a fantastic, yeah. sessionable beer. And we have a reputation for not being um, too extreme. So yeah, okay. we brew good quality beers that are actually within, uh, a, certain. Are within a certain range. Yeah. You know, we don't, we very rarely, we have a, a double IPA out now, which is big alcohol, big hops. Yeah. Um, very rarely do we put out that kind of stuff. We usually put out stuff that's, that's you know, you, you want to drink a few of. Okay, but do, do you think it's enough? Like, are these beers able to be had in a big session? Because a lot of yeah. people talk about craft beer, they say, well, it's good if you have one or two, I love it. But if I'm going out with my friends and if I'm drinking over a day and just having six or seven beers, I can't have that many craft um, beer. Not just craft the, in general, but just, yeah. I've had a few batches and I've had about three or four and I thought, I don't know if I could have any more. Maybe that's because I'm not a big beer person. Yeah. But I get to that limit, I think. Oh. Part, part of that's the ABV. Um, so, like, for example, the Big Kahuna, which is the coconut beer, is um, like was like 4.7%. Mm. So it's the same as like most mainstream yeah. full-strength beers. Um, and that's one of those beers that surprisingly, once you have one, you're like, actually, I could drink this for the rest yeah. of the day. It's not bitter. It's got nice kind of like vanilla. It's a brown ale. It's got nice like yeah. vanilla flavors to it from the coconut. Um, so it's one of those, it's one of those beers that you actually are like, yeah, I could drink a lot of these. Now the, the ginger beer that I was talking about, yeah. Sarah, no, you can't drink yeah. a lot. Of, and the reason why that is because it was like six, it's like 6.8%. Right. Okay. So you, you'll drink one or two of those and you'll be you're like, okay, I'm just, I'm actually a bit yeah. tipsy right now. So I'm going to, I need yeah. to go back to something else. Yeah. that's a little bit lighter. lighter. What about just your normal beers? You could, like your, your stock standard beer. Do you think that's a sessional beer? That's something you could have five or six of? Uh, like of our American Paleo, yeah, yeah I, hmm. I can, I could drink it all day long. I think you could drink any beers yeah. all day long. Uh, do you like beer? I mean, I know you're interested in beer. You make beer, but like, are you a big beer drinker? Um, I am typically. It's, I'm kind of going through a really funny stage right now where I'm not drinking a lot of beer. Yes, yeah, so uh, I'm not drinking a lot. Period. Um, yeah. For some reason, like alcohol is kind of like. Um, like my body's not craving it. Uh, I think yeah. it has to do with my, like my kids are waking up early and all that stuff. Thinking yeah. my body's kind of like I'm just gonna take maybe it easy. Too much. Yeah, maybe <laughs> over the years. Maybe my body's just saying just chill out for a little yeah. while. But um, no, I do. I typically I I am a big beer fan. Yeah. Um, do you drink wine? Do you drink other? I like like Chardonnay. Yeah. Um, especially going into summer, I'll probably drink more Chardonnay. There's a lot more flavor in it. Yeah. I love. I'm a big vanilla fan. So oak yep. gives you vanilla. So I love oak chardonnays. That's yep. the reason why I've done this Christmas beer on oak. Okay. Um, that's the reason why I do the coconut beer to get vanilla characters yep. out of it. It's like I'm kind of like a vanilla. I like really crave vanilla characters for yep. some reason. Um, but I do like I do like wines. Uh, I don't drink a lot of wines. I think I'm probably getting starting to get passionate about um, um, craft gins. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of it's it's like while I'm not a very big uh, 
like hophead. Yeah. Like I don't I don't crave these big, massive hoppy beers. I'm more about yeast and malts. Yeah. Although I do appreciate hop bitterness and hop aroma. Um, gins is one of those things where it's all about the botanicals that you put into it. So it's kind of funny that I'm into that, but they're not bitter. You know what I mean? It's like you get lavender or you yeah. get um, you know pepper and stuff like that in gins. I really think it's interesting what's uh, what's happening with gin at the moment and um, the flavors you can get out of it. Um, so there could be some gin <clears throat> turning up in the batch brewery. Uh, some some yeah. stage soon. Well, like we've we've pushing the envelope. We've done a. Um, uh, my business partner is not as keen on distilling kind of as I am. Yeah. I get from time to time, but we have done a, a collaboration with Archie Rose, who's a new distiller yeah. in Alexandria, where we actually distilled one of our beers into a um, spirit. Oh wow! Um, and that was pretty cool. So then, then we kept the rest of the beer in the fermenter while they were distilling it. So we took half a batch, and then we we packaged ours as they packaged theirs. So two. Alcohol, like so, you had a spirit on one on the left hand side, and you had the beer on the right hand side. They yep. used to be the exact same thing from the exact same batch. Wow. You could drink the beer with the spirit next to each other. You could take. How did the spirit taste? It was actually really good. It's really good. Yeah. So you could get it was like condensed kind of um, hop aromas to it. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. That kind of got my like distilling itch kind of out of the okay. way. So, so I kind of focus back on beer. But yeah. I do. I am into gin, and I really do like um, like a good whiskey. All right. Now, tell me, the quality of your beer, how do you rate it against other beers, like other craft beers, maybe in the region, say, compared to Young Henry's? Do you think you have a better beer than what Young Henry's is? It's not, I wouldn't say... Is there what's better? I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say it's what's better. They have different beers than Mm -hmm. us. So they've got, you know, one of their main beers is a lager. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got, uh, sorry for any Young Henry's guys are watching this, I can't remember if the Hop Ale or the Real Ale is a lower alcohol. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the Hop Ale. That's the lower ABV, or it's the real, or whatever, it doesn't matter. Sounds like okay, you're speaking a different language at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're all these, the ABVD, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> ABV is the percentage of alcohol. Okay. But um, they've, got, they've got a different product uh, than us. Some, some things we cross over are quite similar. Yeah. Um, but largely, I think it's, like, it's hard to compare us with them because... They they've got more of like you know a big attitude in terms yeah. of their uh, their approach to, to beer, whereas we're a little bit more subtle, I think. Okay. Well, what's your overall approach? If you could sum it up, so you're we're well, speaking a bit earlier up off camera. You just want to get the product really good in this area, and you're not keen to like spread it just yet. Yeah. So the the overall well, so we we just want to make sure we've got really great, uh, good quality beers. Hmm. Um, that present well in the glass, but also you know the branding and, and yeah. stuff like that, and offering good quality customer service at the same time. And I don't mean that from the tasting room perspective. I yeah. mean like from a, us uh, having good relationships with who we sell to uh, in a wholesale environment as well. Um, so that's kind of that's our overall yeah. end game, and making sure that when you drink the beer, you're drinking the best quality uh, beer you can possibly have, and that's the reason why we keep it local because yeah. um, we. You know, you can lose control of your product yeah. quality once you start sending it uh, across the country on a on a big truck. And you know, we've got what is it, thirty six degrees today. You yeah. know, so if I set my beer out to just cook, you know, yeah, okay. And so if I send it out to Burke, it's like <laughs> it's someone who gets that gets that beer might have a completely different and bad experience than what we intended it to be. So, so quality um, control first. Yeah. And worry about the rest later. Yeah. 
And part of that's making sure we look after our own backyard because we know whoever's going to drink it in this area is going to have the best quality product. Okay. Now, after that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of breweries, they, they get big, they do well at the start, they love making beer, and then it gets so big, so popular, like you said with Mountain Goat and Sahi comes along and buys it. Is that something that happens too much, you think, or is it, is it a good thing for the, for the brewers? They think, okay, well, I can cash in on this. Is it inevitable if it gets so big? Um, I think it's inevitable that someone's going to come knocking on your door, yeah. depending on how big you get. Um, the, the big companies need, they're looking for ways to Because yeah, they, they want, they, they, yeah. they got their eye, I'm sure they've looked at you, they look at everyone, they just follow your progress. Yeah, they're struggling uh, with their mainstream beers, they need yeah. craft, they need legitimate craft beer in their portfolio yeah. uh, in order to be... Um, you have to, they have to change how they how they operate in order to move forward because mainstream beers are dying. It's, people aren't, um, you know, craft beer is kind of becoming the new mainstream. So a pale ales in the next five years are going to be main, a mainstream beer. It's not yeah. going to be the Tui's new anymore. Yeah. It's and going to be an American pale ale, for example. Yeah, and no one's buying when these companies bring out their own craft beer of their own. It, uh, people um, don't buy that, do they? Um, well, they do. I mean, James Squire still has a huge yeah. uh, a market. Say, to be honest, like... There's kind of, it's funny, it's, part of me kind of thinks what they're doing with James Squires and Matilda Bay and stuff like mm. that, it's a good thing. Like, yeah. you're getting more people to drink craft beer. Yeah. So that you're migrating them over from drinking their standard three beers that they've only ever drunk their whole life yeah. to actually starting to explore something that's got more flavor to it. And that's a, and, and, and the big companies are after big volume, and that's the, that's the part that they need to play in the craft beer, uh, in the craft beer segment overall. So part of me kind of thinks like good on them for doing that because it's only bringing them over and then they're going to they're, they're gonna start to look at my beer after that. And as long as you kind of, it's not like knowing, knowing your place, but as depending on what your aspirations are, like if, like I don't need to be the biggest, I don't need to be the next Coopers or, or yeah. you know, something like that. If I'm, I'm, I'm happy to put out the good quality product as I've always been saying, um, then they're doing the right thing to bring more people in and that's, that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, but back to what what were you, what were you asking me about uh, the buying? I was, I was asking if it was inevitable that they're going to come and knock on your door. What are you talking about before that? Uh, maybe it was before that. But anyway, have, have you matter. have you had an offer yourself? Like, has oh, there no. already been people come knocking on your door? Or no, no. Well, um, not so much an offer, but an approach. Oh, you, se- you seem to be going well. Yeah, I mean, I've had people from Lion come yeah. by that I knew uh, from the marketing team. Yeah. Um, kind of coming in just to say hello mm. I was kind of thought that was a bit interesting but yeah. um but no we haven't had any so you wouldn't even approach. consider it at this point if someone threw you a check that was you're like wow you want you if you want that for this I mean if someone's open up their checkbook you kind of have to look at it but yeah. no I'm not look we're not yeah. looking to sell I think uh I've got a lot more I want to achieve with this before yeah. and, and to be honest part of me kind of thinks it'd be nice never to have to uh, yeah. if we can make a living out of doing this you, you're really and you're building a brand that um you know you, it's that you can continue to, to focus on and yeah. as long as I'm passionate about it and loving yeah. it, which I still am, um, but I have no reason to, to oh, offer totally. it. How many people can say they're doing what they love? In all honesty, yeah. how many people do you think get up and, and really love what they do every day? They might enjoy their job, but you, how many people do you hear of that are saying, oh, it's Monday, Monday. Oh, do you get that? Because, I mean, you're doing what you love. Do you wake up on a Monday and think, oh, I've got to go to work now. I'd rather just stay home with the kids. No. I mean, oh, sometimes I like to stay home with the kids just yeah. to spend more time, but no, I, I don't. I don't I ever dread uh, going into work, so it's I'm, wow. I'm lucky. I'm definitely lucky. Wow, I think that's one of the greatest things you can have is yeah. to you every day is a weekend almost. Yeah.
Well, do you, on the weekends, do you have to work? Do you have to get down there? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a seven-day-a-week job. Yeah. Um, like, I'm not there now, I'm not there today, uh, but, you know, the, the guys, uh, my area of the business is looking after all the sales and marketing and yeah. tasting room and all that kind of stuff, so, um, you know, I'm on the phone with them or texting the guys working there to make sure everything's okay and stuff like that, so it's kind of like, it's still, it's, you know, it's not that bad, just making sure that you're just available for them. My phone's buzzed a few times, I imagine they're asking me questions now, but, um, yeah, I mean, you kind of never can, it's hard to switch off, but, I mean, it's, there could be worse things, yeah, you know. totally. All right, we're going to wrap it up soon. I want to ask you, what's your favorite beer in Australia, apart from yours, and your favorite beer around the world? Um, so, my favorite Australian beer? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. There is... And obviously Batch is the best beer in Australia and the world, (laughs) but apart from that... Alright, my favorite uh, global or international Mm. beer is um, a beer called Innocent Gun. Yep. So it's a Scottish ale that's aged uh, on oak for two months, three months, two or three months. Yeah. So... Is that an inspiration for you for this new beer that's coming out? Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have no problem saying that. It's basically, I was like... I really want to do this beer yeah. or a similar beer. Um, so we didn't rip off what they did. We just took the inspiration on the oak aging yeah. stuff. We built our own recipe, but we we did age it for as long as we could. Um, and in so Australia? that's my favorite beer. Um, Australia? I, no, <laughs> I've never been able to drink yeah. VB. Um, actually, no, I did when I first moved down here and drank it. Um, that is a really hard question. Um, I. I'm one of those people who changes beers all the time. Yeah. So, and I'm very fickle and it depends on my mood and stuff like right. that. So, so there's, no, there's no go-to for you. I don't have a go-to. If you've been sick for two weeks and you haven't had a beer, you're at a, and you think, all right, I'm just going to start it off easy. Just go to the one I know and love. What, what are you going to pour into the glass? Well, even then it's still hard, man. Like, <laughs> you're talking to somebody, it's like, yeah, I've, I've ruined myself. Yeah. So, like right now, I have a, there's a couple that pop into mind. One is that brewery I was telling that opened around the corner for called the Grifter. Yeah, they've got a really good pale ale. So I, we I was at the Vic Hotel watching um, the Ravens play the Steelers on Friday. Yeah, um, and the Ravens is my team, and uh, the brewery's around the corner. So I'm right there. Man, that's almost sacrilege to say at the moment. You you're living in Australia now? You're a 49ers fan. <laughs> And we beat them in the Super Bowl a few years ago too. No, I'll back them when I'll back them when they're on unless they're playing the Rams. Yeah. But um, but so like I didn't realize they're playing. So we dropped tools. We're like, all right, let's go over to the Vic Hotel. Our beer is on tap and the Grifter Pale yeah. is on tap. And I love our beer, but I was just I, was, I had more of the Grifter than I did of our beer because I just wanted to drink something different. So right now I'm actually really loving their beer. And then there's this other beer called um, La Serene, um, and. Uh, called uh, the brewing company is called La Serena and the beer is called Praline. It's this um, milk, kind of like a milk stout with like tons of vanilla in it. Yeah. Um, so wow. I really love vanilla. The funky stuff. So it's just one of the one of these beers that you can only get in kind of like this big, really big kind of champagne style bottle. And the guy only brings it out like every once in a while. And when you get it, everyone talks about it. So it's kind of like one of those beers that's like highly sought after. Yeah. Okay. And people what a- talk about it. And I really like it, but I, I would rarely ever drink yeah. it. So you wouldn't drink a, a Carlson and you a VB? They're off limits for you now. Uh, I'll drink if you had to pick one. Or the traditional Carlton beers. What's, what's, what is oh, the traditional beers? What's what's your favorite? I probably go for Crown Draft. All right. Yeah, and I will drink that. Like yeah, I'm, okay. I'm more than happy to drink that. It's a time and place thing. Yeah. 
Um, I'm more than happy to drink that when I'm at the footy and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's kind of like you're in the mood. Like I don't need to have a craft yeah. beer on yeah. there. It's kind of having craft draft to be honest is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, like when I used to work on Forex, uh, you know what I mean. You go to, um, you know, you go to when we used to sponsor the V8s and stuff yeah. like that. Having a few Forex cans. Yeah, that's like, part of the experience. It's awesome. Isn't it? yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. So um, I'm kind of one of those guys. It's like time and time and place stuff is. is yeah. I'm more than happy to kind of be in the moment and, and drink. Yeah. The beer that's sponsoring kind of what you're doing, yeah, it's fun, okay. you know. You're corporately responsible. Yeah, I'm cor- yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what about in terms of locations around the world? A kind of a, for lack of a better word, beer mecca. Where's the place to go in the world if you want to try a bunch of beers? Oh, beer mecca? Um, uh, Portland's definitely a great yeah. spot, and Denver. I, I, went to, I haven't been to Denver, but I was in Portland about six months ago yeah. uh, for the craft beer conference yeah, and there's yeah. there's breweries everywhere um, and oh, there would have been beer beards, beards everywhere there oh, there's, yeah, is that beard. part of your requirement when you took over did you only grow the beard for batch yeah <laughs> actually my wife's talking I think I'm shaving this off after wow. this interview like today right yeah maybe yeah. you can shave it off now for us I could we can do a <laughs> shaving so, uh, she, she was suggested to me that um, we'll get the ghost to do, do that yeah get the <laughs> just kind of wait for it to happen um to shave the beard off and have a month. I've been wanting to shave this off for ages, and she's like, no, 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 because she thinks I look too young. Uh, so I happened to, I grew it, I grew it because I was kind of like rebelling against my, my corporate uh, yeah. thing. Even while, though you no were, gave, while you were still there? Yeah, like no one gave a shit if yeah. I had a beard, but it kind of felt like a little bit rebellious, and then it's one of those things that uh, I've kind of wanted to get rid of, and my wife's just kind of, she thinks I look too young, so. She, how did she, she probably doesn't remember, you might have, you might have aged underneath that thing. Yeah, exactly. I did shave it off last year, and I grew it straight back again. Yeah, you felt it was yeah. necessary? Yeah. Um, Alright, well tell us, where, where can we get your beers from? So it's only in Sydney, if anyone listening or watching this wants to grab some of your beers? Well, of course, you can get it at the Gladstone Hotel. Hey. <laughs> and Bottle Shop. Nice little plug yeah. there. <laughs> um, but typically, it's in the Interwestern CV. There's a few outlying places like the Oaks Hotel. Yeah. But if you go on our website, um, www.batchbrewingco.com.au, um, I list everywhere we've delivered uh, for the past two weeks. Okay. So you can see where we've delivered fresh beer, um, and you can go in there and check it out. All right. Now, I don't know if this is a beer secret or not, but are you allowed to tell us how much you produce each week? Oh, each week? Um, yeah, we, we, we brew uh, about 6,000 to 7,000 liters a week. Which is nothing, like yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it's well. So when you when you had the first idea, I bet you that seems like a crazy amount. Uh, yeah, yeah. We were talking about doing like I think five hundred liters a week yeah. when I first came up with the idea. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a bit more than that. Yeah. All right. Now before we go, I like to have a bit of fun with the guests. Have a little muck around at the end. All right. We're gonna have a challenge. Okay. Now this is my good friend. If you can see him, way fun. I like to call him Little Buddha. The challenge this week is, who would have thought, a beer taste Thanks. challenge. So we've got a few beers over here, and we want you to try them. Now stop checking out the glasses. I think he's, he's trying to cheat already. He's trying to say, <laughs> just in case I get it wrong, I'm going to have a look at them. So we're going to give you one beer at a time, and I want you to guess what these three beers are. I've got the answers under here, underneath Wayfarn, but you can't look at that. All right. Do, All right, I, do so I get any, um, uh, any like, there's any hints or anything? No like hints. You're, you're the, no, you're it's a, blind taste. You're, you're a beer expert. You're All a right. beer expert. So this one, put it in your mouth. Close your eyes. Try not to look at it. We don't want you to look at it. Close your eyes. All put right. your hand out. There's your beer. It's nice and cold. Now, have as much as you need. I, Sniff it. Smell it. No, no, no opening at all. Just have a whiff. Smell. Tell us what you think it is. I tried to start it easy for it, but we'll see. He's got the uh, the eyes closed. He's swirling it around. It's almost like he's drinking a fancy wine. 
I really have no idea what that is. Now, I would say let, let like, me guarantee you that you've drank this beer before. Well, I, I'd, I'd presume. I'm gonna say it's. Sorry, I'm gonna say it's somewhere like around pure, a pure blonde or something like that. You want to lock that in? Yeah, I'll lock in pure blonde. I feel like Eddie McGuire. <clears throat> Are we gonna lock yeah. that in? It's got to be something. It's it's something close to pure blonde. It might not be that, but it's it's around the same. Well, we can't we can't find a friend. It's Carlton Draft. Your, oh, is that really it's your favorite draft? beer. That's your go-to standard beer at the footy. When you said that, I was going to yeah. go to that. But Pure Blonde's not that far off. Yeah. You say maybe when you go to the footy, you're so, you're so into the game that you're not noticing what you're drinking. It's not it. as bitter. Uh, that is not as bitter as I would have thought. Mm. So it's not on tap. That was straight from a bottle. All right. All right. That's one down. That's interesting. That's, uh, I, would ex- I would expect more bitterness out of that. Okay, cool. So maybe we'll blame Carlton for that yeah. one. They're, they're, the batches are different yeah. each time. Number two. Close your eyes. He's had a little peek. He said, yeah, I'll close my eyes after I've looked at it. You have to be able to look at it. <laughs> All right, there you go. Have a little sniff. Oh, I, I think I already know what this is before. Before you've caught it before you've even had a whirl. I was going to say it's my India Black Ale, but I'm not sure what it is. Oh, let's see. He's swelling it around again. He's having a look. Maybe if you don't get this one, I'll let you to. I'll let you open your eyes if you're a bit... Sorry, I have to. I, I, um... now, I don't know if you've had this one. I don't know if you've had this one before, but you've definitely heard of it. Oh, it's White Rabbit Dark Hill. Got the confident eyes. Are we going to lock that one in too? Hold on a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to drink the whole thing and then I'll let you know. Yeah, White Rabbit Dark Hill, maybe. All right, we're, we're going to make you lock that one in. Although the aroma's throwing me off, I'm not sure if it is. not one I'd be ordering. You're going to go for White Rabbit, Dark Ale. Have a look. Yeah, look at that. Beautiful part stuff. Of, part it of, almost part, looks and tastes of, like Vegemite. Yeah, part of the, uh, the process is you have to be able to, you have to look at it. I don't know, so man. It tastes like White Rabbit and you're thinking no, it looks like something else. No, hold on a second. Oh, he's had, he's had a whim. It's really, it's something's clicked. Or he could have had it in the first place. Um... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, gonna, say white rabbit, I'm gonna say white rabbit dark ale, but I don't think I, I, I can't think of what else it would be, but I don't think I'm right. All right. I think it might be a brown ale of some kind that I, it is a brand, a brand I'm not sure of. It is not a white rabbit. It is a young Henry's hop ale. Oh, all right. So it's been a while. Your inner west favorite is. Uh, I thought you might have got that one. But is that, is, that a similar, is, that, is that a similar beer to the, the White Rabbit? Well, no, it's the, the White Rabbit, it's been a while since I've had that. Yeah. And, and it's darker. That looked darker than I, what I thought. Yeah. I don't know. No, they're not that, they're not not that similar. similar. Let's pretend they are. All right. I never said I was great at tasting beer. <laughs> no, 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 of course not. A, a good brewer doesn't have to necessarily be a good taster. Is yeah. that right? That's <laughs> true. All right, the final one. Beer three. Let's see if you can get that one right. This one is uh, a few sips. Four or five sips down. He's doing the he's doing the look test this time. Let's see. I really have no idea what this is. This one's getting this one's getting into your mustache. It's a lager of some kind. That's all I... 
No answer? I'm just, <clears throat> I'm like literally trying to scan in my Ski. head. What's Going the, through like the, the 47,000 different <clears throat> beers that you've got in there. And that would make it harder too. Because if, if you were giving me a beer test, I'd say, all right, is it a Carlton or a VB? I have had this beer before. I don't know what it is. All right. I'm not sure what it is. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's one of your beers. It's is a batch. It's, it's a batch. Ours? Which one do you think it is? Us? It's a Flying Fox Amber Ale. No way. That's a batch Flying Fox Amber Ale. Unless, unless we've picked up the wrong beer. I think you picked up the wrong beer. I think that's that's a, that's that looks like an amber color. Uh, no, that the amber, the amber ale is darker than that. I think that's our Dos Helles. Where's the bottle? We've got a, uh, got the assistant here. Bring the bottle in. Could be. This is my trusty it cameraman slash brother slash, <laughs> slash better looking brother. Well, look at this. This has been delivered. <laughs> the Flying Fox Amber Ale. Right, it's I think so 4.8%. Made, I think so. Switch the tags. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. So I got this from a bottle shop. And uh, probably the best bottle shop in Sydney. Have another have a look at that. Probably got switched in the shop. Yeah, I think that may have. Oh, that's so, someone's Don't tell Mick. <laughs> Don't tell Mick. People are taking it home. Yeah, is no, because the Flying Fox no. is actually darker than that. It's actually, Does it taste really like dark. it now that you're trying it? No. This is our this is our lager. All right, but you didn't get that either. Well, I was. You know, if that was the lager. To be fair, I was actually kind of like, I think this might be. I didn't think you're going to give me my own beer, so I was. Kind <laughs> I, of like, I, I wasn't. I wasn't going to. I thought surely he's going to get his own one. But you, you did notice I drank the most out of this one. Yeah, well, that's because it's the best one, without doubt. <laughs> but right. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the. Well, not pretty sure. That's definitely our, That's definitely the lager. Well, I can tell you it was the best tasting one to me, especially this second one. Nothing. I can't believe I didn't get any of this. Okay. Well, that's 0 from 3 in the beer test, but you're the best beer maker in this room. I'll give you that much. Andrew, thanks, mate. Appreciate thanks, your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.